0: one who has no ability to hear us, but we are serving the one who, when we cry out your name, you listen. So, Father God, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your presence in here. God, continue uh, to dwell with us as we move into a time of the word. God, just continue to speak loudly speak clearly. And we thank you for those who have come and received prayer already. God, I pray that you would begin to prepare those who will be... Um, and continuing to come today. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And I want all of us in the name uh, just together to declare out uh, the goodness of God and let's raise up just an applause or a yell or or whatever, just a shout of victory this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you uh, children's ministry, you are dismissed. Um, you can go ahead and um, find your teachers. I know most of you know uh, already where you're going. Um, but just a huge thank you to, uh, to Joe. Um, as you can see, Eddie and Anne-Renee and their entire family um, are gone this morning as well. And um, they went to, uh, I don't know how many of you remember uh, Megan. Megan. Um, from uh Colin Megan Norton. Uh she's getting married, or she got did she get married yesterday? The, she already had the wedding. She's married. Um so Eddie should have driven overnight to get back here. He has no excuse. Um but oh, th- this is this is again what discipleship and uh, building a team, this is what it means, because these guys stepped right in and they they've taken um the, the mantle and they've they've continued to carry it and, and we we don't skip a beat. I mean it's just um, God, God is here and God is moving. And so we are, we are just thrilled. Um, so again, a thank you to, to Joe and, uh, to Krista and just the entire ministry team. Let's give them, I mean, they don't do it for it, but let's give them just a a round of applause, um, for what God, uh, for what God has, has been doing through them. So for those of you who are new, um, a little bit different experience for you. If you've, uh, with, with people coming forward and sharing, or if, if that's your first time, or you saw a few others that came up and um, sh- shared some words. And um, if that's new to you, I, I, I want to take an opportunity within the sermon this morning to be able to uh, give a little confirmation, because I can tell you this this morning. Every word that was shared this morning, while it was for you, it was for me. Don called me fairly late in the week, said, guess what, you're up. Go get them. I'm like, thanks, Don. Um, sure, well, we'll we're going to go, and, um, you know, and, and last week, um, during the middle of, uh, worship, Malin decided to go ahead and preach the sermon that I had been working on anyway, so she goes ahead and pulls that out and preaches that, and I'm like, well, okay, well, we're going to do it anyway, but I've got a few weeks until I was supposed to preach on the 21st, and then Don calls and says, nope, you're doing it this week, so guess what, you're going to look like you're stealing Malin's sermon, so I did, um, but then this morning, um, as, as the doubt settles into my mind, am, am I ready? Are, are things going to be what I need it to be? Are, am I ready to do this? Is this truly what God wants me to preach? Is this truly what, the word that God wants me to bring? And, and this morning, over and over again, whether it was up front or before the service, people came and they were like, hey, this is what God has laid on my heart. And I just, I just wanted to let you know. And I was like, here, that's page three. You want page three? Here you go. All right, uh, J- Justin came up, and I'm going to share a story that he gave, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's like page six. Here you go. I needed a sermon illustration God has provided for me, and I was like, you know, you're getting to the top of the mountain, and you're going, God, you know, where's the sacrifice, and God shows up, and he provides the sacrifice, and that's, they, that's what brought, and then Dustin um, came, and, and the words that were, were shared up front, I mean, they just, every word was for me. And through that, God is going to speak something I believe is powerful, not because of of what I'm about to preach, but because of what God is about to speak. God is about to speak something that I believe is going to be powerful, and the time for it is now. We've gone through a time of two years of just shaking and just seeing uh, our whole world, uh, I mean, almost feel like literally turned upside down. We've gone through a time where if you didn't have your life, if you didn't have everything in in your world planted firmly, it was going to be shaken apart, possibly even destroyed. I mean, they they talked about it how, you know, when everybody was sent home and locked up at home and all of a sudden married couples had to spend time together and the divorce rate skyrocketed. Because all of a sudden, guess what? We got to be married. Everything in our life was changed up. And so this morning, we're going to go right back to where Malin took us last week, and that's uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 7, verses 24 and 27, if you want to turn there on your phone with me, and we will read that. Uh, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Father God, we thank you that you are alive and well, and we know because you continue to speak, you continue to confirm, you continue to affirm, and God, I pray this morning, this word that you have ready, Lord, it is a reason that it is going to be pounded over and over and over again because there is a wall that's been placed up in this place, and we are going to come against it in the name of Jesus, and we're going to see lives changed because of it. So God, we thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. So a very wise man once gave me uh, some very great um, thoughts about preaching. Dave Campbell, and I probably over, when I said a great man, I probably overdid it just a little bit there, Dave. Um, Dave Campbell is, is an incredible teacher. He, he just, you can sit and listen to him, and uh, we were talking to him, about, I was talking to him about preaching one time, and he gave me a very, uh, just very simple thought, but it's one that's always stuck with me, and that's when during preaching, don't preach until the time is up. Preach until the words that need to be said have been said, and then you're done. And I'm gonna go against it just a little bit this morning because I can give you this next statement, and it's honestly probably all the words I need to be spoke this morning. But I'm gonna follow them up, and so I want you to hear this this morning. We're gonna start out with we're gonna just start out with hitting it right right off right from the beginning, and that is when you are in Christ, when Christ lives in you, when Christ is your foundation, no situation, who's been in a situation, no person, go ahead, raise your hand, who's, who's had people, no force, no power can bring you down, in Jesus' name, amen, you all can go for lunch, when you are in Christ, now that leaves it open because uh, there's the other side to that, right? See, no building can stand without a foundation. And what got me thinking about it was, um, we were talking about it, is uh, with this building here, when we renovated this building here, we didn't, you know, I mean, we took walls out. For those of you who, you know, who, who haven't been here when it was done before, there was a wall going right through Joe Wells. There were classrooms. Um, you know, the, the, the stage, you know, would have been back here further, and, you know, there that wasn't there, and, you know, this whole thing opened wide open. But you know what we didn't go do? What, 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 what didn't we change, Mike? We didn't change the foundation. Because the foundation was already here with the purpose that someday this is what would happen. And not just, you know, the footings, but, but the, the sand beneath it and the, the ground beneath it. They didn't just come in and pour concrete on top of the topsoil. They came in and they prepared the foundation and they begin to pour and they prepared this building that no matter what changes needed to be made internally, the foundation was ready for it. It was planted upon a foundation. And you did it during the winter. I mean, why not? That's the perfect time to do it. The foundation of a building is its lowest part. You don't see it drive down Chicago, you go to New York, and you look at all the buildings. You see the top of the building. What you don't see is the most important part. You don't see that it's drilled down into bedrock to hold it up. And it carries that weight. It carries when the winds come against it, when, when the storms comes, come against it, it carries that weight and it holds it solid, and it has to be very strong to be able to support and carry that building. And you have different options. I mean, there's some we talk about the uh, the skyscrapers, they drilled out deep into the bedrock. They put in a massive foundation and it has to go uh, you know, deep into the to the earth. And then there's other ones like this where we prepare, you know, the top layer, get everything set there and then we just pour some footings and we prepare what is necessary for that building. But it's still a foundation. They all still are the same thing. It's a foundation. No matter if it's for a massive building, whether it's for a bridge or a dam or for a building, um, it it doesn't matter what it is. It's still a foundation for specific buildings for that specific task. And so from my first point here, we are spiritual buildings. State the obvious for you. We are spiritual buildings. And in the Word of, of God, our lives are likened to a building. In 1 Peter 2.5, he tells us that, that we are living stones being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood who offers sacrifices acceptable to God. Just like uh, you have different options to choose from when laying the foundations of a building, there are also different types of foundations you can choose to build your life on. Maybe, uh, maybe you build your life uh, you know, upon, upon your ministry. Maybe it's on your marriage. Maybe it's your family, your business, or career, and you're focused on those, and that's what you're building your life centered around. And for example, a marriage, a marriage can be can be built on several different things, but if you build your marriage, so when my wife met me, and she just saw—I mean, just—I mean, she saw me, the charm and the looks. I mean, the self-confidence. Someday, and it may, be, it may be a long way down the road, darling, someday my looks may not be this good. But if we build a marriage upon the way somebody looks, or on something just on the top level, the way that they make me feel, the words that they say to me. If you build it on something that is not rooted and grounded into something much deeper, because I'll tell you this right now, there are mornings when my wife has to wake up, look at how good looking I am, and still say, I still have to love him today. I can promise you that. And I'm just kidding for everybody. We all know she's settled. I, I, I did thank you, thank you. I'm up here, I'm up here speaking the truth. But no, when we begin to build that relationship, those things matter absolutely. Those things mattered. She's a beautiful woman, and I praise God for that. She, she's full of wisdom and knowledge and all of these great things, but there's more to her that we begin to build our relationship on when we, we begin to build a marriage. Because all of those things will fade away. Accidents happen. And we read the stories of, you know, somebody who's in a terrible accident, um, you know, or they come back from battle, and, you know, the wife or the husband, you know, we in our minds, we say they're stuck taking care of them for the rest of their life. And we're like, we're just in awe that they would do that for them. It's like, no, they built their marriage on what was right, and it didn't matter what that person looked like, what was going on in that person's life at that moment. They built it upon something much deeper than that. That should be the norm. That shouldn't be what surprises us when somebody is able to go through, you know, uh, loving somebody despite, you know, a disfiguration. That that shouldn't be like a shock to us. That should be the norm because that's what a relationship should be built on. Proverbs 31.30, it says, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. It doesn't last forever. It can change with time, events, and circumstances. It can be scarred after an accident. Uh, you can marry somebody who is slim, uh, you know, but after a few years, it, it happens. Weight, we add some weight on, get a little heavier. I mean, ladies, you guys do the, the miracle of birth. It, I mean, God bless you all. But it happens. I mean, we're not 22 years old anymore. And once this begins to change, your interest and your commitment to the marriage can be affected. And after some time, you won't see any reason at all to remain married to that person. And it may sound funny, but many marriages today have crashed because of that. They're crashed, but, but at the same time, we hear the stories of marriages being, being brought back and being re- recovered because they've turned to what is truly the foundation of marriage. The, the perfect example to us of what marriage should be about. And we'll get to that challenge, but, but we're going to hear about it throughout, uh, of several different areas of where you may be. But marriage is one of them. If, if This morning, if a marriage is struggling and you're here, that your marriage is struggling, I want to encourage you that you're going to have an opportunity. We're going to have time to, to, to place that upon the, the, the solid foundation. Because as we heard in the Word earlier, it's not too late. I mean, we heard that. I did anyway, because it confirmed what I was about to preach. Thank you. It's not too late. Until the second you take your last breath, you're called. You have a ministry. You can place your life somewhere other than what it is right now. In the same way that, uh, that we are um, kind of uh, compared to that, the church is also likened to a building. If we go to Ephesians chapter two verses 19. And 22, that we are told that the church of God is built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets, and Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of the building. And once again, when building a church, when starting a church, there are also different kinds of foundations that we can choose to build a church on. One example I'll use, it's a very broad one, but there are churches, and you can choose to build your church upon miracles nothing wrong with miracles. Hear my heart on this. Hear me well. Miracles are are a wonderful sign from God, and they're a great way of showing the power of who God is. But here's the same way as it is in marriage. If you build it upon just miracles, and we see miracle after miracle, which we do, we see miracle after miracle, but all of a sudden we show up one Sunday and a miracle doesn't take place. And then we show up a second Sunday, and a miracle doesn't take place. All of a sudden, it's like God's abandoned us, where, you know, what, what, what's going on, where, you know, the, the, the church is shaken to the core because the miracles have stopped, and now there's nothing else. So, the faith wasn't in the one who, who was providing the miracles, the, the, the miracle maker. The faith wasn't in Him. The cornerstone wasn't in Him. It was in the miracles themselves. After all, Jesus Himself said in Mark 16 that signs and wonders will accompany those who believe in Him. They will drive out demons in His name, heal the sick, and so on and so forth. All of these things are good and should be manifested in every church and in the life of every believer, but it is a problem if the main focus of your ministry or church is just focused on that one thing. Again, the day no miracles take place People will, start, will stop, uh, start to lose their interest and commitment to the church. And this is what happened in John uh, chapter 6. The people were following Jesus in large part because he did something for them. He provided food, he was a God of provision. That's a big word in our culture. My God provides. I follow him because if I follow him, I'll never go hungry. I'll never have a bad day. My marriage will be perfect. My kids will be perfect. If I follow Jesus, he's going to take care of all my needs. And and we see that with these thousands upon thousands of people who followed him because God turned, you know, five loaves and two fishes into a feast and everybody ate. And then we go to the next place and God provides food again. And God is providing for them. And so guess what they do? They follow him. Free meal, baby. Let's go. But as soon as there was a price to pay, as soon as there was a price to pay, we see in John 6, verse 66, that they very quickly and easily begin to leave him until it was down to just the 12. We go from thousands upon thousands down to 12 because all of a sudden, everything that they had built their faith upon uh, uh, upon for this man was changed, and there was a shaking. So, this goes to show that God wants to perform miracles amongst believers, but He doesn't want that to be the foundation of any church or, the, uh, or ministry, be, uh, because miracles don't have the ability to sustain anyone in the faith. Yes, they keep you committed for a season The same goes, and it's not just on miracles. Hear me on that. This is on everything that a church built upon something other than the foundation of what God has called them to be and who God is. As soon as that goes away, it begins to dwindle, and before you know it, the church is no longer walking in the faith. See, we need something much deeper and stronger than looks and personal abilities, strengths and money to form the foundation of our marriage and families. We need something more enduring than good works, like providing food for the hungry or or miracles to form the foundation of our ministry, our church. All these things are good and necessary, but they can crumble or give way in the face of pressure, adversity and difficulties. I mean, we we see it all the time and it's sadly one of of the things that I just, I, I will remember for, for the rest of my life because there was a, uh, there was a young man, uh, new believer, on fire. I mean, talented, gifted, on fire. Everything about him was just so excited about what he was about to do for the kingdom of God. And I was excited for him. And one day, God laid on my heart to share a word with him. And the word was, everything is fun and exciting right now. You're a new believer. Like, you're the talk of the church. They, you know, you're the one that people in the church, they stand, they they go to their neighbors and they use you as the example of look what God is doing. And now you're the center of attention. I said, here's where you have to prepare yourself because one day, thankfully, there'll be another one. And the focus is going to shift. And all of a sudden, all that attention is going to go to that person. Now, what have you built your faith on? Have you built... Have you built it upon the accolades and the the, the words and being raised up in front of people? Or have you built it upon the fact that you now have placed your foundation on Jesus Christ? Which one is it? You need... And I told him, you you know, that day will be coming, and I want you right now to start to begin to place that foundation upon Jesus. Dig it in, because someday you will find yourself. I mean, we've all been there in our faith where we have been left standing alone with nobody to help us, nothing but on our own in a storm. And there's not the, you know, the crowd of 400 people standing around us cheering because God has done a good thing. I mean, it, it just, it does. It comes to a point where that happens. And sadly, he didn't. And I don't know where he is, but it's not in church. And it's not chasing after Jesus because he became more infatuated. And he, he, he built his faith upon being that that big story. Instead of building it upon Jesus Christ. And building the reason. Why a lot of time and effort is, is given to laying the foundation of the building so that the building can withstand any kind of pressure. See, if life were this bed of roses, where we, we never had to face any kind of problem or challenge, then uh, you know then we look at that whole scripture of you know He'll never give us more than we can handle. And if life were that easy, why would we need a God? Then we could afford to build our lives on such shallow foundations, such as in our marriage on a person's looks, or beauty or charisma, but we know from Jesus' statement in John 16:33 that in this world, you're going to raise your hand and agree with me, we will have problems. Am I right? Come on, Somebody agree with me here. We will definitely have challenges, and that is why we need a foundation that can withstand any kind of pressure. That is why we need a foundation that come rain, sunshine, any attack of the devil, we can remain strong and intact because our foundation is built on a solid foundation. This morning, I want to present Jesus to us as the only solid, firm, and eternal foundation to build our lives, our family, and the church on the only there's one there's one foundation there's one the only foundation it is a foundation that is unshakable unmovable and unshifting it is because Jesus is the only foundation that possesses all these characteristics that is why paul in 1 corinthians 3:11 tells us to build on no other foundation but jesus christ Isaiah described him as a tested and sure foundation that you can put your trust in and never be put to shame. He is the stone the builders rejected, which today has become the chief cornerstone. He is the main, the largest, the most beautiful, the strongest, and most solid stone, and we are to build our lives upon him. There are three major things that happen to a person or a church that make Jesus Christ their firm foundation, and that is you can withstand, this is number one, you can withstand spiritual heat, floods, rains, and winds. Proverbs 10.25. And this... This next part that we talk about is as I was preparing this, and I just I had a picture of so many. Uh, just like I could I could envision myself being up here and looking out across the audience, and, and and you're gonna you hopefully understand here in a little bit, but of seeing different people and and knowing that that this is where you feel like you're at, and I want you to I, I want I want this to speak directly to you. And if this is something where as we're going through this, if you if you feel the need that you can't wait any longer and you need God to come and rescue you now, I'm not going to be distracted if you decide the altar is where you need to be. This isn't the altar call, but the altar is open and it's always an altar call. But I don't want to stop anybody because they think they need to wait until I'm done talking. Because I can look across here, and there's ones that I know, and there's a whole bunch of them that I don't know, where you are in a storm, or you, are, you have the winds coming against you. You are at the end of, of whatever you thought you could handle. You are at the point where all you can do is, is just cry out to, to God. And in Acts 27, verses 13 through 25, there's a whole story here uh, where Paul went out onto the boat. And they were headed to Rome, and a terrible storm came upon them. The ship was badly affected by this storm. And in fact, it was so bad that verse 20 says there was neither, neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. And it just kept going. And the storm kept raging. The men on the ship had completely lost hope and had given up. They had gotten to that point where they not only believed, but they knew that at any minute they would die. And I know there are people in this place who you don't feel like you've seen the sun in days, weeks, months, years. It's so dark you can't even, even the the, the stars are obscured. You are at a place in your life where there is nothing that you feel can drag you out of it. You are too far gone. You are are past the point of rescue. You are to a point where there is nothing to do but to stand on this ship, in this storm, and wait for me to drown and die. If you're here in this point, hear me because Paul, in the midst of that terrible storm, was confident that nothing would happen to him. He knew he wouldn't die. He would survive the storm. And I can imagine when all the other men are around him screaming, we're going to die. We have nothing to do. Why would we be forsaken here? What can we do? I can imagine Paul stood there and said, no, I have a promise from God that I have to fulfill yet. See, you this morning, there's a promise in your life that needs to be fulfilled yet. There's, There's things in your life that need to happen yet. It's not your time to die. It's not your time to go. You may be on the ship, and it's rocking, and it's shaking, and it's ready to go down, but you can stand in confidence that God is your rescue. God is here to save you. God is here to lift you up. God is here to bring you to a new place because there is a calling in your life. The winds may be blowing, the ship is shaking, but he was declaring, I shall live and not die. What gave Paul such confidence? He was built on the promise and the foundation of Jesus Christ. He was built upon that foundation and he knew he had a promise from God. Young people, there's a promise in your life, and no matter what they may say about you at school, no matter what can happen there, no matter how depressed, down you may feel, there is, a, there is a reason and a purpose in your life, and not just them. But if you're 90 years old in here, you ain't done yet. There is time. There is no time better than the present, and God has put a promise in your life, and you will not. Nothing will happen to a hair on your head Until Jesus decides it's time for something to happen to you. But Jesus is your protector. Jesus is your foundation. Jesus is the rock that you can build on, and He has made a promise in each and every one of your lives, and that promise has not been uh, fulfilled yet. You can stand on the promise that God has something, and He is protecting you, and you are still alive this morning for a purpose and for a reason. No matter how bad the storm is, no matter how much the wind is blowing, you are alive for a reason this morning. Paul stood there, not focused on the fact that he might die. He didn't stand there focused on the, the fact that there was a storm raging about him. He stood there victorious, he was walking in victory. See, in Isaiah 43, it tells us that when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you won't be burnt. This is a promise that you will remain standing no matter the spiritual heat and floods you face. No matter how bad things get spiritually, no matter the health challenges you are facing, who has health challenges, no matter what is going on in the church of God, the rock of ages will carry you, uphold you, and secure you in the midst of all these troubles. That's a promise. The promise applies to everyone, because it even applies to the, to the foolish man who built his house on the sand. But the promise was that if he had built it upon the rock, he would have been safe. You're not too far gone. Your, your battle isn't, isn't to the point where, where there's nothing that can be done. God hasn't forgotten about you. See, it is only when Jesus Christ is our foundation that we can be assured that no matter the storm life brings our way, that storm will not overwhelm us. We will come out of that storm victorious. Who wants victory? Who wants victory? Come on, who wants victory? You want victory in this place? Put your life on the solid foundation of who Jesus is. You want victory in this place? Take your life from where it's at. Build your house upon the rock. I don't care how big your house is. If it's going to come down, there are houses built along the shores, and we see the the hurricanes come, and they wipe them out. If you have to tear your house down, and you need to move to the rock, if everything you build over your entire life, you need to, to tear it down, and you need to come over and plant it upon a solid foundation and start all over, brothers and sisters, it is worth it. And if you're sitting here and you're you're looking at that storm and you're still saying, no, look, Matt, it is too bad. This storm is too bad. It is too fierce. There's no way. It is overwhelming me. I'm going to ask you to check your foundation. What is your foundation built upon? Is your foundation built upon uh, the career that you have put into place? Is it built upon the money that you have accrued? Is it built upon uh, your kids' Is it built upon your marriage? Is it built upon the people in this church? Is it built upon Pastor Don or Doug or Rod or Mike or Tim? Is it built on anything other than Jesus Christ? See, when Jesus is your foundation and you find yourself in these storms, whether it's spiritual, financial, marital, or health, you can be confident of these three things. Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus won't abandon you or leave you to face any storm or problem by yourself. Today, God wants you to know that you are not alone. Say it with me I'm not alone. You ready? I am not alone. As a church, God wants us to know that we are not alone. God is with us. He won't leave us. He won't forsake us. Second, Jesus is the hope and assurance that no matter the storm, we see our face. Today, a big testimony is coming our way. Oh, how much do we love to sit and hear just an incredible testimony and they're up front, and they have, they have captured the, the attention of thousands of people, and they, we just look on them and go like, God, why can't I have a testimony like that? There's a price to be paid for a testimony. Testimonies don't come out of necessarily life being peaches and roses and all of the good things in life. Testimonies come because of struggle, because of battles, because of storms, because of death, because of sickness and illness, and, and things being demolished in our lives that we hold so dear to us. But here's the great part about it, where you're at right now. If, if God is building, if you're in the testimony building place in life right now, here's what I assure you. God is using your testimony. God will use your testimony because God has not, again, He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. And even though there may be challenges here and there, even though you may presently be going through some hardship and difficulty, you will see the glory of God in your life. You will have a testimony. Individually and collectively, the Lord will give a big testimony, and we will declare the goodness of who God is. But this is why we ask people to share their testimony. Because maybe the depression that this person over here walked through is exactly what the person sitting over here needs to hear about because they say, nope, I can't do it. Nobody has been through what I've been through. And then, wait a minute, there it is. God brought them out of that. God, God met them in the exact same place I'm at, and God can do it for me too. God can do it for you too. God can lift you up. you got to meet God. you got to place yourself upon who He is. What the difference is that brought them from that point to a place of victory and, and, and testimony? They've placed themselves upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. Jesus will hold you tightly. This is the third one of this little group here. So, Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus is the hope and assurance. Jesus will hold you tightly and keep you from falling and crashing. See, in Colossians 1.17, it says, In Him, in Christ, all things hold together. When Jesus is the one holding your marriage, your children, your ministry, your business, your, your, your finances, you won't fall, or crash, it won't be all, I mean, I'm telling you, we all walk in Jesus, and we know that it doesn't mean that life is just the, 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 the easiest glide through that there is, but He will hold it together. When Jesus is the one holding our church, no storm will carry our church away. Today, God wants you to know that even though it may appear like everything around us is falling apart, who, who agrees? Come on, hey, we're, we're, we're getting going. Who, who feels like it looks like the world around us is falling down? Mm-hmm. Wait, I mean, you haven't, like, listened to two seconds of the radio, the rest of you? You haven't gotten on Facebook for more than ten seconds? I mean, this got, yeah. Second thing that happens to a person or our church that makes Jesus their foundation, that is the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. Matthew 16, 18. Verse, most of us know from, from being young, uh, from, from young on up, Bible memory. You're going to learn it. I'm sure you learned this one in Bible memory. Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why? Somebody tell me right now, why? It's built on the foundation of Jesus. It's built on the same foundation that we build our lives upon. See, the gates of hell refer to everything that the devil and his kingdom does to try and bring down and destroy a person, a family, church, or ministry. There are so many ways Satan tries to attack and destroy a person, family, church, or ministry, but I just want to focus on two main tactics, and that is the deception and satanic opposition. John eight forty four. I'm going quick because we, we I got too many pages here, um, and they've all been confirmed. So you guys gotta, li- you've all gotta listen to them. I'm gonna make a statement, and I want you to believe this. Everything the enemy does, everything, everything he says or does, is a lie. He doesn't care about you. He doesn't want what's best for you. He doesn't care about what your life is now and how good it is now. All He cares about is keeping you separated from Jesus Christ for the rest of eternity. So if your life is good and great and others are looking around and you're looking at their life going, man, I wish I had that life, but they're being lied to by by, by the enemy and they're separated from who Jesus Christ is, you don't want that life. He tells us so many lies about who we are and about our situation. He feeds us with, with all of these. For example, you know, we we walk into church and we see somebody over in the corner and I, I know this happens all the time because it happens to me. So maybe it doesn't happen to you. It happens to me. I'll give it sorry best for me. I walk into church, I walk in, I'll look over. Some people are talking. One of them happens to look at me right as they're laughing. And I'm like, "Oh, great. They're talking about me. Let's see what is it." It's probably Justin Gentz. He's making a jo- joke about me being short or, you know, not having hair or, or something, all right? I don't know Justin Gents. I hope he It's outside. Um, And right away, it's like, well, what are they talking about? Why'd they look at me like that? What did Joe Wells say that made them all look at me and chuckle? And that lies begin to come in. And all of a sudden, I begin to doubt what God placed into my heart to share this morning. This didn't really happen. The opposite happened. See, right away, the enemy's like, oh, yeah, they're talking about you. And you, you probably did something dumb this week. Don't even realize it. And then I begin to, you know what? No, I'm not. No, they're, they're the ones. Yeah, no, it's them. You know what? I'm, you know what? Forget you guys. I'm done. And I begin to, to create a wall between me. And something so dumb and silly as Joe looking at me and smiling in the morning to say hi. And instead, I take it as, hey, you know, something wrong. And the lie begins. And it sounds silly, and it might sound like a silly little example, but how many times have we let the simplest, smallest little pea that has shaped, uh, you know, in marble into our life, and we lay on that, and, and we just let it irritate us, and all of a sudden it turns into something big. And all of a sudden we all have to get together in the pastor's office. And all of a sudden, the church splits apart, and the body of Christ begins to crumble because we've let something silly get in our way, because the enemy is going to spread a lie into your life. Bible memory is important because of this right now. If we don't know the truth, if we don't know the Word of God, we can easily fall for Satan's lies and deception. The devil has to first get you to believe and accept a lie before he can get you to fall for his temptations. Anytime we sin against God, it is because we have fallen for a lie of the devil. Eve fell because she believed a lie. See, God had told Adam, don't eat of this or you will surely die. Satan came and said, "Now, listen, no. Nothing bad will happen. He just doesn't want you to be as wise as he is, or you know, you give, uh, you know, you'll be like him. You'll know good and evil. He began to fill it, and you know, it, it, it might have been one of those things where it wasn't, you know, just the first time. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it like this. Maybe maybe it came, you know, the first time and just put a little word in there, and then it came and pushed it a little further. Came and pushed it a little further, and instead of Eve saying, "Get away from me," instead of Eve getting out of that situation. See, on the contrary, Jesus stood stood tall and strong when the devil came to tempt Him because He knew the truth and He knew the Word. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the Word of God. The more of God's Word we know and apply to our lives, Bible memory, the stronger and firmer our foundation. This is why the devil does everything possible to keep us from spending time in the Word of God so that we are not grounded in the Word of God. Who always gets a phone call when they sit down to, to, you know, to to do your reading for the day? Who gets a text message? Who gets something? Who always is like, I can't find time in my day uh, to, to read Scripture? I can find it to watch a football game, but I can't, you know, find time to, to, to read the Word. God, there's always something that He places into our lives to keep us away from, from reading the Word of God. And I pray for everyone in here that starting today, the Lord will increase our passion and commitment to the Word of God so we can have a strong foundation that will prevent us from being tossed around and to falling for the deception and, and falling for the demonic doctrines and the teachings that are coming our way. We look at Nehemiah. Uh, Pastor Don loves Nehemiah. And this is, this is, this is just an incredible story of uh, Sanballat and Tobiah. And it's just this satanic opposition and resistance. See, when the devil sees you're doing something good, he leaves you alone, right? Huh? No! But The ladies are getting ready to go on this incredible weekend for, you know, for for ministry. Hey, Betty, what happened this last week? How's your foot feeling? It It went backwards? I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I figured he would leave you alone. I mean, I'm sure the kids have been incredible this week. I'm sure nothing has happened in your marriage to disrupt what's happening. I'm sure he has just said, you know what? No, these ladies need this week away. I'm going to leave them alone. Right? Donnie's been extra helpful at home, hasn't he? (laughs) He's been extra. He is just and he is. He's always help. No, you have been attacked. Your foot hurts worse than ever. Your husband is a Bigger idiot than he was last week. Your kids have been more problematic than they ever have been. Sorry, Brian, did I call you out? (laughs) So when we're building something good... We begin to get Sanballat and Tobiah, and then the devil sends them, and he will position them around you to mock your efforts, to plot against you, to intimidate you, and to cause all kinds of trouble for you, so that you'll be discouraged and you'll stop. But see, Jesus is your foundation. It is your enemies that will be frustrated and be put to shame, not you. That promises in Nehemiah as well, four fifteen, uh, and also six verses fifteen and sixteen. Did every the Sanballat and Tobiah did everything to frustrate the people of God, so that they would give up on what they had been set out by God to do, but God frustrated their counsel and agenda because God was on their side and solidly backing them up. Mockers and those who oppose you and contend against your destiny are confused, and they will be put to shame when Jesus is your helper, your rock, your foundation. Hey, here's another little... uh, Thing that I needed confirmed this morning, I needed a sermon illustration. I didn't have a sermon illustration. I got a sermon illustration. Justin comes up to me and says, hey, I just wanted to tell you, Justin's sitting right up here in front. He said, I want to tell you a story what happened for Christine. Christine gets a new job. Christine goes to work. Christine has been working very hard at walking and placing her life in who God has called her to be. She has had struggles in her past. She is walking in the freedom of who Jesus is. And she's working that every day. So the devil's leaving her alone now, right? Oh, she got over that habit. I'm done. She starts a new job. Coworker begins to push. Not just like, hey, what do you think? It's like, I'm just telling you the way Justin told you. If it's wrong, just hit him. Just you know, pushing it of, hey, I want you to deal this for me. Hey, I want you to deliver this for me. Hey, I want you to go back into that life from where you came because, I, you know, we, we just come back. It's okay. It's all right. Just a little bit. Christine stands. She's like, no, absolutely. Like, she doesn't let it continue on and, hey, I'm going to try and work through it. She goes, and she goes to the boss and she's like, this doesn't work. I cannot be in this situation. I will not be in this situation. This is what this guy is trying to do to me, and out of you were genuinely afraid because, you know, guys that do that are not like good church going dudes usually. These are bad, bad people. And I don't know how long it was or I, I didn't ask that part, but, but the rest of the story is comes back to work. Guess who gets a promotion? Moved to a different part of the factory, gets a promotion. The other person is basically quits and is forced out of their job. Is that the, the same result of the story of Christine? Is just like, you know what? I'm going to just try and on my own work through this. No, she fled from it. She got away from it. She said, my foundation is on Jesus Christ, and I don't need that in my life. I already tore my house down one time and planted it upon the rock, and I'm not about to let that come against me. And I want you to hear this, whatever the devil has taken from you, whatever the enemy has has come to take away from you will need to be restored. That's a promise in the Scripture and a, a promotion, a promotion for her because of standing in who God is because God will fight for you. And that third point, he who makes or she who makes Jesus your foundation, you will not labor in vain. All right? That wasn't vain labor, and there's a nice paycheck to go with it. See, the worst thing that can happen is a life spent attending church every week, giving to support the work of God, active in, in you know, uh, ministry um, in other works, and doing all of these, and heaven doesn't recognize and accept what the person is doing, because 1 Corinthians 3 Talks about Christian service that will go unrewarded. That Christian service is just labor in vain. It may uh, may that not be our portion in Jesus' name. But this can happen when Jesus is not the foundation of everything that we do for God. See, Jesus um, talks about the people who pray are given fast. Uh, you know, give money and they fast in public with the motive of being seen and commended by others. And Scripture talks about they will have their they have their reward. They're getting what they want. They want attention. They want to be lifted up because look what I'm doing. See, it is God to be praised and commended by people. And it is much better to have God's blessing and favor on what you do because that is what can open doors for you and change your life and situation. See, when we're doing those because God is our foundation, we're called to do those. Obviously, we should be praying. We should be fasting. We should be giving. We should be doing all of those things, but we do it out of our relationship with Jesus Christ and not to bring glory to ourselves, but to bring glory to the foundation upon which we are built. And when the day comes that the the battle comes up against us and when, when the enemy comes against us and we stand firm and we come out of that and it's not about, hey, look how strong I am, look how great I am. It becomes about the testimony that I placed my life on Jesus Christ. I placed my life upon that foundation. Look what the Lord has done. Psalms 127 tells us that unless the Lord builds, the builders labor in vain. It is only when Jesus is your foundation that you won't labor in vain, that all the time you spend waking up early to come to church, staying up late to attend, uh, you know, vigils and, uh, you know, um, it isn't wasted, but it's something that will result and um, in, in be valued and blessed by God on high because you're, you're doing in what He called you to do and you're built upon who He is. Read Isaiah uh, 65, Whatever you are building, whether it is your spiritual life, your family, your marriage, your business or career, or, you are, uh, or if you are helping to build lives for God, you will eat and enjoy the fruit of your labor when it is done in the name of Jesus. See, a lot of us have been laboring for years, and we've put so much into the work of God. We've put so much into all of those things, and it feels like we're just laboring in vain. But the more Maybe the more you pray for that child, the further it feels like they, 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 they get away, the, the, the further they go. I'm going to ask the worship team to, to come back up. The more you pour money into your business, the more the business looks like it's going to fold up. If uh, you're in a situation uh, like one of these today, if you're in a place of depression, if you're in a place of anxiety, if you're in a place of family falling apart, kids leaving, uh, Doubting what God is in your life, if you are in that place this morning, I have good news for you. And the good news is that when Jesus is your foundation, you will experience divine restoration of all the years. From Joel 2.25, for all the years the canker worm and caterpillar have stolen from you, he will restore that back to you. Who wants some restoration this morning? Who wants what the enemy has taken? Who wants what the enemy meant for evil? God will turn it for good. You will experience divine restoration of all those years that have appeared like you have been laboring or serving God in vain. Mordecai uh, and Esther did did something noble for God. He discovered a uh, conspiracy to assassinate the king. This was reported to the king, and he was saved. His life was spared, and Mordecai was given all the glory and the honor. No, he was forgotten. They forgot about him. No reward was given to him. No recognition It actually looked like his labor was in vain. It was a wasted effort. But the God who never allows those who have him as their foundation to labor in vain intervened. And when Mordecai wasn't even thinking about it, when he wasn't expecting it, when he he had even forgotten about what he did for the king, God opened his book of remembrance. And Mordecai was remembered and honored. today for those of you who already have Jesus as their foundation. Maybe, maybe you're not at the point where you know, maybe you've taken that step and you've, you've made Jesus your, your foundation, but you're still sitting here going, I'm just continuing to be battered. I'm continuing. I am solidly planted on who Jesus is, but the storm just won't stop. with Christ as your, your foundation, you will, you will not labor in vain. You will, not, you will not die where you're at. See, the conclusion of this matter is that, like Paul talks about in Romans 8, it's simply that When you are in Christ, when Christ lives in you, when Christ is your foundation, no no arrows of the enemy, no situation, no person, no force, no power can bring you down. Nothing can topple your house when you're built upon that rock. And who Jesus is. So I want to do two, two different invitations this morning. And that first one is for those who maybe from the beginning of the message realize. Your life's not on that foundation. Maybe realize that, that, that you haven't planted yourself within that foundation, that, that cornerstone. See, we don't, we don't build the foundation. He is the foundation. We allow Him to build our lives upon Him. See, whether we need a deep foundation or a shallow with just footer foundation, He is the one building, and He understands what it is as a foundation that you need. And once you're placed on that foundation, when the moment comes where maybe, maybe the, the inner walls need to be tore out and renovation needs to happen in your life, you're still built upon that foundation that was intended for your purpose. So if you'll stand with me this morning. I'm going to ask that, and I know, I know everybody does a great job of this because it's a big decision for people to make. And if you are, if you are going back and forth and thinking about this decision and, you know, battling within yourself, because I've been where you're at of do I want to commit or not? Do I want to commit? I, I was sitting back over there three rows from the far back. And I was just battling it and battling it and battling it, coming up with every excuse. We want to celebrate with you this morning. We don't want to look at the altar and say, I wonder what they did. I wonder what's going on in their life. I don't care. What I care about is that Jesus will meet you right here. There is no condemnation. We will come and pray with you. We will love you. And we will celebrate seeing your life planted in that foundation that is Jesus. So with every eye closed, this altar is open right now. If you need to come and if you need to, for the first time in your life, Put yourself upon the foundation that is Jesus Christ and accept Him into your life, or if you have realized this morning that you need to pick up where you are at, and you need to move and place yourself upon the foundation of Jesus, right now, this first call, this is for you. So, Father God, right now, with this altar open, Lord, I pray.
1: My life is here, and I'll be a living sacrifice for you. You're a fire, the refiner. I want to be concerned. I want to be tried by fire, purified. You take whatever you By life I wanna be tried by fire you take whatever you have. Lord is my life.
0: Father, we just celebrate God, the foundations that are here and for this next part, this second call. Your life has been rooted on Jesus. Your life has been planted firmly in who God is. You are built upon the foundation, but you've reached a point in your life where as the storms have continued to come, where the battle has continued to to come against you, where the devil has stolen from you, where the devil has lied to you and you've begun to to believe those lies, anything that has come against you as a fellow believer, as, as, as a fellow person built upon that rock, I want you to understand we've all been there. And we all, found, we all found freedom and peace and restoration right here at the altar. So the altar this time, we're going to open it up for if you just need somebody to come and, and, and stand there or, or pray with you or, or pray over you or you just need to spend time by yourself at the altar crying out to God or just spending time drawing closer to God If you need time within this storm that you're in to just come and say, God, I'm not going to die, but I'm right here on the boat, and I'm looking to you to calm the storm in my life, and I'm turning it over to you. God, I'm bringing my marriage this morning, and I'm laying it at the altar because I am tired of trying to battle this storm on my own, and I want you to calm the storm in my marriage, and I give it to you. God, I'm tired of, of everything coming against me with my children or coming against me in my business, coming against me. Um, in my community, coming against me in my ministry. I'm tired of, of being on this boat and battling it on my own, and I want to take my, t- uh, take my attention and focus it on you this morning. And if that's you here this morning, while we continue to, to sing, the, again, the altar is open, come and lay it down. Come and place it at Him and the storms that are coming against you, and let Jesus fight your battle.
2: Let it fall, we want it all, your fire is consuming. Fill this place, set it ablaze, and I'll be a living sacrifice for you. You're a fire, the refiner, I want to be consumed. I want to be tried, by bye purified. You take whatever you desire. Lord, here's my life. Oh, I want to be. be tried. by There's no condemnation by, here.
1: We are family.
2: Purified.
1: Come on. You take whatever My life. So clean my hands, and purify my heart. I want a Be tried by fire. Sing it out. Purify. You take whatever you desire. Lord. Lord, he's my life. Oh, I want to be, be tried, and tried by fire. fire. Purify. Oh, I'm just seeing it burn right now. You he's purifying. He's purifying. Lord, here's my life. I wanna be, I wanna be tried by fire. tried by fire. Pure. You take whatever you desire. Lord, here's my
0: life. One last thing we we, we did earlier, um, I believe during worship there's anybody here in health, in a battle, um, a storm raging against you in your health, I want to ask you to come forward and, and Rod or Doug, um, and call the elders to anoint you with oil. And I, don't, I don't know, maybe there's not anybody here, but I want to give that opportunity. If there's a health uh, issue, a health storm in your life, you want to come right up over here um, by Rod and Mike and uh, have them pray over you and anoint you with oil, which is what the scripture calls us to do. That's what the scripture calls us to do, is to call the elders and anoint uh, anoint with oil. And so that opportunity is available to you this morning um, right up here with Rod. And we'll uh, we'll sing through one more time.
1: Let's praise the Lord. Yes. Yes. You know, we're,
0: you. we're not done as we've had people coming forward yet. We're going to continue to give them opportunity to do that, but I also want us to stop and think of something. The song we just sang is a dangerous song, buddy. He didn't say, I want to be tried by easy times and the good life. He said, I want to be tried by fire. I want to be tried. God, I want you to purify me. God, I want you, I'm asking you <laughs> to put me into the storm so that your name will be glorified, so that I will come out of it with more faith, that I'll come out of it with a greater understanding of who you are. And There are some people up here right now that the fire of god is burning on them and purifying their hearts purifying their minds purifying who they are and it's something we can all rejoice in ladies with you and My request to you is please don't come back the same, the way you are right now, but don't come. So each and every one of us who's not going to be going along, I'm going to ask you to extend your hand out towards the lady. God, I just pray that you send your wind to just wipe over them and knock down anything that is not a God, I pray that their lives become so full of who you are that it bursts forth out of them. God, Ooh, Lord. Light them on fire, Lord person holding their hand out praying over them god i pray that that fire comes back and in, and god we are built up because of it god we are we 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 are drawn forth because of it and that god we wouldn't stand against them but that we would stand in unity with them and that we would raise up and that we would we would we would cry out and that a, that a just a purifying fire would sweep across not only this church god but this community god that your fire would come down and rain down upon our our, our county god God, and, and within our state, and God, and spread across this globe, God, I pray that as you begin to shake this this entire planet, God, as you have you have done incredible things over these last few years, and and everything has been shaken to the core, God, I pray right now, Lord, fire would across this land. God, we don't want to we don't want to build ourselves upon upon politics or upon wealth or upon.